0: Hey everybody, it's Cam Brower. Thanks for listening and I want to ask you please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to My Alien Life and hit those like buttons and also leave a comment. You do that and it makes it so much easier for others to find me. Tonight, Sev Took is here in the studio and she has a book that I identify with very well called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. Sev is coming right up after this on My Alien Life. My Alien Life is recorded live from atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. My website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find my email address, all previously recorded shows, and more. I am Cameron Brower. This is My Alien Life, and the podcast starts right now.
1: Podcast.
0: 3, 2, 1, 0... Sev Tok is my guest tonight. Sev is an experiencer, and her mission is to help experiencers understand their encounters and to tell the world that we are not alone. And she's written a book. It's called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. Sev, welcome to My Alien Life, the podcast.
1: Hi Cam, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners.
0: Good evening, it's good to hear from you again. I haven't talked to you, it must have been about three weeks ago we got to catch up. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Sev, you're kind of the Jane of all trades and talents, you're an author. How do you do it? And Right now, what's your main focus?
1: My main focus is this deep drive uh this mission that i have to help experiencers there are millions of people who are having et contact and many of them don't even know it because it happens in a multi-dimensional way and another part of my mission is just to uh let everyone know that we are not alone we are part of a huge galactic neighborhood
0: the book you have the right to talk to aliens. Why would I want to talk to aliens? My experiences (laughs) have not been that great.
1: Mm, Okay. In the beginning, I was very afraid. And for instance, uh, when I came in contact with the Greys the first few times, I thought they were evil, I thought they were bad, and I thought they were out to hurt me. Uh, Through deep introspection, Uh, and through a lot of self-work, I realized that I was viewing my experience through the lens of fear, and I was viewing my life through the lens of fear. And when I got through, when I got rid of that lens, uh, my viewpoint of the greys and my entire life changed. And I realized that the greys are not here to hurt me. Uh, They're actually here to help me uh, physically, mentally, and spiritually.
0: So when did your experiences start? How long ago?
1: My first conscious memories are from the age 10 when a galactic being, which was not a gray, it was a being that was similar to a human but a little different, would come and visit me often, would come in a spaceship and come out of the spaceship and just check up on me. And I was always very happy to see him and felt like he was my brother. and. He visited me so many times I'd lost count, uh, until I was around 12. And the last visit was different uh, because I was with a group of children. On my other visits, it was just the galactic being and me. But this time, I was with a group of children They were all around my age. I didn't know any of them. And he said goodbye to all of us, and we just watched his spaceship disappear. And I looked around at these kids, wondering, who are they? And that's all I remember. Now, I think I'm beginning to meet those kids. I think we all came here with a mission. And uh, as we are accomplishing our missions, or as we're on the path of accomplishing them, I think we're all meeting each other.
0: So what did this craft look like? Do you remember what the actual vehicle that this this, this alien showed up in and, and left in?
1: Yes, because I would view it from the bottom. I would look up, and the bottom would be above my head, and it was really, really close to me, and it was a, a like a steel gray, and uh, it was smooth. It had uh, a lot of little lights and things on it. It was very, very large. And it would always come from a different direction. The experience was always a different experience.
0: And what exactly did the uh, the, the being from this other... Would, is it a planet or other dimension? What did that being look like? Yeah.
1: Uh, like a young male, I would say, in his 30s. And he was wearing... I don't know if it was a jumpsuit or if it was two pieces of clothing, but it was dark. And he had dark hair, and his ears were a little different, and that was slightly bigger and a little almond-shaped. And uh, that's really all I remember, except that he was very kind, and I felt very, very happy to see him. Very happy. And always a little sad when he left. And then when the experience was over, I would be popped back into reality in my bedroom. And then I would be shocked that, oh, my gosh, I'm in my bedroom. Like, what was that? And then I would have to get dressed and get ready to go to fifth grade.
0: Did he identify himself with a name or identify the species with a name?
1: I never asked. Wow. Mm. So,
0: when did you start seeing the greys?
1: My first recollection of the greys maybe about 10 years ago and it was when they showed me a baby in a tube, a baby in a test tube. And I was in a dark room and I'm looking at this baby in a test tube and it had, its eyes were open. It was in this tube that was about as tall as I am and about as wide as I am. And it had the bluest eyes I have ever seen, and it was in a liquid. And I'm looking at this baby thinking, what am I looking at? Why am I looking at this baby? And I felt there was something behind me. And I turn around, and there were three grays, tall, medium, and short. And they telepathically said to me, take your time, take all the time that you need, it's okay, we're here to support you. And I didn't understand any of that. And I turned around and looked at the baby, and then I was popped back into 3D reality again. And that haunted me for years and years and years, until a couple of years ago when I made contact with the Grays again in Roswell, New Mexico. And they told me about the hybridization program and then I tied those two together and I realized that that baby in the tube, they were showing me uh, a hybrid baby. And in Roswell, which was a shared experience that I had with my boyfriend, uh, they gave me a lot of experience about why they're, ex- ex- excuse me, a lot of information about why they're doing it, what they're looking for. Uh, and it's uh, that experience uh, was really dramatic in that I consciously remembered part of it, but I couldn't remember all of it. And there was also talk about a book that I was writing. But I couldn't remember everything, and I had this driving need to know more about that incident. And I write about it in my book. And uh, I tried to just ignore it, but I couldn't. It just ate at me for months. So finally, I said something to my girlfriend, and she suggested a uh, regression therapist that specializes in ET encounters named Diane Kensler, and she's in Luray, Virginia. And so so I went to her. Uh, It was the only time I went to regression for any of my ET contacts because I have conscious memories of my ET contacts. Even though I had a partial memory of this, I needed to know more. And so I went to her, and more was divulged. A lot of things were divulged. So I do recommend to anybody who thinks they are having ET contact to go to a regressionist that does specialize in ET work because it really gives you a lot of answers. It puts the pieces together for you. Uh, And so because I'm just really driven to help experiencers, I've created this new forum, and it's free. It's on my website, planetsev.com and there's a tab there called Encounters. And you can go in there, and you can write your experience, and uh, I will not share it with anybody. Uh, It's private. I'll read it, and I'll respond to you, and I'll validate it for you. I'll help you understand it. I'll do whatever I can to make you realize that you're not insane. This is real, and there's a good reason that it's happening. So you asked me earlier, I didn't answer you, why would one want to talk to an alien? Well, they provide a higher perspective. And when we view our lives from a higher perspective, that's a beautiful viewpoint. And it really makes uh, maneuvering uh, uh, through our 3D life a lot easier.
0: You said initially that when you first met them, you were, after a while, you were haunted by the experience. Um, Was it a scary experience or was it just something so unusual that you were having a hard time with that?
1: Yeah, they were never bad to me or mean or evil. I was just freaked out by them. Uh, except for the time they showed me the baby in the tube when they were really nice and friendly and kind. My other experiences they were very, very neutral. They're not mean and they're not nice. They're like totally neutral. And so that's kind of freaky too. Uh, and so the experience that completely changed my life happened in September 2017. And uh, we had just moved here, where I live, to the inner banks of North Carolina. We had just moved from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. And the second night that we moved here, I came in contact with the Graves. And in the morning, I was in the kitchen unpacking dishes, and I felt something bite my butt, and it hurt. So I yelled over to my boyfriend, Patrick, I think something bit my butt. Will you look at it? And he said, yeah. So I went into the living room and I pulled my pants down and I bent over and he's looking and he's not saying anything. And I'm starting to get nervous and there's just silence and I'm starting to get nervous. And so I finally asked, well, did a bug bite me? And he said, Yes, and there's also a red X. And then in my gut, I knew it was the grace. And he took a picture of it on his cell phone, and there was a red X on my hiney, on the left cheek. And it was made up of these nine small, round, red uh, burn marks. Uh, And when I put my finger over it, I couldn't feel it. It was flush against my skin. And when I saw that X, and I have a picture of it in my book, I was just shocked. And I knew it was the greys, and I was angry, and I was like, oh, my God, here they go. They're toying with me. They're abusing me because I've been in abusive relationships, so I just assumed that the greys were abusing me too. And uh, I didn't know what to do with it, and he was shocked and I was shocked, and we could not find any logical any reason, anything that could burn nine small uh, circles into my back without me even feeling it. So I decided to just try and ignore it, and that's what I've been doing for 45 years. I've been having ET contact, but I've been hiding it. And uh, nine days later, my eyes popped open like I was dropped into reality, and uh, that's another sign of contact is when you don't wake up, you know, like when you're sleepy and you're groggy, sure. it's, you, it's instant wake up. Your eyes is open and you're completely alert. And I had a very conscious memory of being on a bed, like a hospital-like bed. And I was lying on my side and I couldn't move my arms and I couldn't move my legs. And there was hardly any furniture in the room. It felt very sterile. And I could sense that there was something behind me, and I could, turn, I could move my head. So I turned my head, and behind me, I came face-to-face face with a gray. And we looked right into each other's eyes. And I describe it like looking into two pools of black oil. And we just looked at each other for a few seconds, and I turned my head back around, and I was scared to death. And, ding, my eyes pop open, and I'm in my room. And there was also something else that I knew that I had never known in any of my other experiences, and that was that I was on the moon. So I get out of bed, I go downstairs, and I am dreading, I'm dreading, because I really have this gut feeling that there's another X on my back. I go downstairs, I wait for my boyfriend to come downstairs, I tell him what I remember, and then I ask him the question again, you know, will you look at my butt? So I bend over, and he's just silent, and I'm like, I knew it. And sure enough, there was another red X, just like the first one, right across from the first one, another one burned into my back. So the first X was on my left cheek, the second X was on my right cheek. So we took a picture of it, And when I saw this picture, I was just beside myself. And it's a really difficult thing to explain what it feels like when you're like in shock because it's like time stands still. And I felt like what I used to know was real is not real anymore. And I was confused and I was scared. And I just started to cry. And my boyfriend asked me, what can I do for you? And there was nothing. There was nothing he could do for me. And so I just said, I need help. Uh, Somebody has to help me because I'm going to lose my mind. And so a few weeks later, a friend of mine, Elizabeth, who lives on Maui in Hawaii, suggested that I watch the movie Unacknowledged by Dr. Stephen Greer. So one afternoon I watched it, and that lit something inside of me. And when it was over, I got up, I went to my desk, and I said to myself, I have got to contact somebody. I have to show somebody the picture of this ex because I need help. And I heard in my head, MUFON. So I Googled MUFON, and I found Kathleen Martin, who is the director of experience and research, and she's also the niece of Betty and Barney Hill. So I contacted her, and I sent her a picture of the ex, and she contacted me right back. And we Skyped for an hour and a half, and she validated everything for me, and that conversation changed my life. I realized I'm not crazy. I also realized these are not dreams, because dreams don't burn red X's into your back. And that was a life-changing moment. That experience with the Graves and my conversation with Kathleen. And then shortly after that, I woke up one morning, and I declared I'm writing a book. And I decided to come out. And then uh, my book debuted on Amazon last August. So it's only been eight months. And then just a couple of weeks after my book debuted, AlienCon in Baltimore contacted me. And uh, they said, Congratulations, you're a guest speaker at AlienCon. <laughs> and so yeah, nice. I went, Yeah, it was wonderful. I had a fantastic experience there. Awesome. And I came out at AlienCon. Wow.
0: So the red X, that first red X, you noticed it while you were awake in the house. Do you think it happened right then, or you were just just noticing it uh, from later on after it happened?
1: That's a really good question because I have wondered about that because I felt a pain. Like I said, like I felt a bug bite me. It is very possible that it might have happened at that very moment because when we have these travels with the ETs, we enter time warps, we enter portals, and we go and come like in a split second. So it's very possible it could have happened at that moment.
0: So what are they after? Why are they here?
1: Well, there's different ETs that are communicating with us. Uh... If you're talking about the greys...
0: Yeah, let's talk about uh, the greys. There's
1: the different forms of greys. There's more, ones that are more like robots or more ones that are more into uh, gathering uh, specimens and such. When you say uh, robots, doing, are
0: you talking about a, uh, a living being acting like a robot or a mechanical robot? Uh,
1: it's kind of a cross between those two. So when I saw the three grays standing behind me when I saw the baby in the tube, it felt to me like the tallest one was the most, uh, oh, how should I say, like biological one. And then the one in the middle was like a cross between a biological, it was more like a hybrid. And then the smallest one was almost like bread to be a, uh, a specimen gatherer or to do uh, biological experiments or something like that. And uh, the hybridization program is happening and uh, the greys have realized that they are killing off their race and, uh, and the, what they're looking for is uh, the ability to express empathy, the ability to be sympathetic, to show love, because that has been erased from them and that is why They're dying off. And so that is what they choose to extract from human beings. And so their hybrids are a combination of uh, extremely intellectual and uh, uh, very adept at psychic abilities and such, and also very loving, uh, very sympathetic. Uh, One thing that came out in my hypnosis was that there is a worry in the galactic world that these hybrid embryos, and there's billions of them, billions of them, uh, might be used for evil. Uh, But uh, I understand that since these, these hybrid babies are infused with the DNA of empathy and love, that does not make a good killing machine. If you want a killing machine, you don't infuse it with love. So if anybody gets their hands on these billions of babies and tries to make them into killing machines, they're not going to succeed. So and one reason... They're
0: go ahead, mm-hmm. Seth. Go ahead, Seth. You can finish. So
1: so the, these hybrid babies are to, to help their uh, their lineage, so to speak, continue. And also, if humans completely destroy this planet and we kill ourselves off, those babies or those hybrid embryos will then uh, reseed this planet.
0: So we have that going for us. (laughs) 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 Not that it's any consolation right now. Where are they from? Uh, The greys. Absolutely, the Grays. Uh, that the Grays, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're the ones that I'm most familiar with. Probably, uh, you know, that's that's who I've experienced, and I don't. I have an idea where they are now, but I don't have any idea where they're from.
1: Hmm. Well, one thing I keep hearing every time I hear Gray is the word Zeta. So uh, it, it to me it feels like any star system or. Any uh, planet or any uh, constellation that has that word in it is uh, is the place that they're closely aligned with. Does that is that in resonance with what you think?
0: You know, um, i I truly believe that they're uh, they've been traveling for such a long time that I call them space travelers because I believe that. They've been traveling for so long, they've just become a species of of space travelers that their mm. their vehicle is or their uh, transportation has basically become their planet. So I feel that they've been there a long, long time. And um, the other thing I haven't really talked about with anyone, where do I believe they are right now? I believe they're straight up. Um, I have a lot of. Information and a lot of personal experience just to believe that they're they're up there and and people and when I say up there maybe twenty thousand miles away a hundred thousand miles away but nearby you know near our planet and I've had people argue with me about that and you know I don't think that any one of us is the the expert so um, I think we need to co op and uh, combine. Our knowledge and and we can figure this out, however, I do believe that they are up there, and i've had somebody ask me before, well, you know why are they up there why and to me it's why aren't they up i mean why why wouldn't they be up there um, right now, where we are, where our planet is and and our orbit is a very, very safe place um all the all the turbulence and turmoil and and um the, the early stages of the solar system, the, the environment was so harsh and so amazingly difficult to even start life in. This is a place that has become safe and it's become a sanctuary. And, uh, you know, our star, our sun is the perfect distance and I think that, uh, you know, out, out in space with a, if something had its own vehicle or its own transportation large enough and they were able to actually um, live between Earth and, say, the moon. It, it's, it's just an ideal place in space for them to be because of the protection. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's where I think they, that's where I think they are. And um, people mm-hmm. have asked me, well, you know, why aren't they are the, on this planet? and they're not of this planet. Um, they, weren't, they weren't born here. They're not a species of Earth, and Earth mm-hmm. is a very, very inhospitable place. Again, oxygen, we breathe oxygen, but it's a very, very corrosive um, element that, uh, that a lot of organisms, especially smaller ones, uh, different bacterias and, and one-celled animals and things like that, can't be in the presence of oxygen. So you know, I don't know, Sev. Um, that's why I have you here. <laughs> well, I
1: also saw where, them on the moon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Moon.
0: So where do you think uh, they are right now? I mean, if if they're if they're uh, inhabiting in some sort of places. space, re- yeah. Um, but but With in in, in close proximity to Earth or further away? Both. And what's the moon connection? Tell me about that.
1: I don't know. I I really don't know. I was shocked that I knew I was on the moon. Uh, You know, we've heard all these theories. You know, the dark side of the moon is really where there's all kinds of bases. And there's even humans up there. And the government is there and working with the aliens. And all these things we've heard. I don't know. I do do not know. But I was there. And they were putting an X on me.
0: So... How long have you been experiencing greys? As, as, has there been any other species that you have seen since you started experiencing the greys? Or has it been only greys?
1: No, it's, it's a, a few. I my most recent experience was, uh, with another uh, group of ETs was on March 22nd. And uh, that was actually a shared experience I had with my friend who lives in Florida. And we were both taken... And we both saw the same beings. And uh, she uh, has a memory of being taken out of her condo in a bubble and going towards a spaceship uh, that was by her car. And the next morning, she went down to her car, and the side of her car where the spaceship was is damaged. And... uh, we both woke woke up with uh, marks on our bodies, and we both saw the same being. And uh, what we saw were uh, these blue beings. They're kind of like see-through. Uh, some people call them the Arcturians. And uh, I also saw a smaller, very white, almost like a light bulb-looking being. And then uh, we both saw... These small white dogs. And we call this the white dog encounter. And I have a brand new YouTube channel called Alien Spirit TV uh, where I talk about my encounters. And I have a video where I share our drawings and our photographs of the white dog encounter. And I had never ever heard of anybody uh, uh, having an encounter with a, a white dog. And so. When she told me she saw white dogs, and I saw white dogs, uh, I was like, whoa, uh, this is very unusual. And then a few days later, I watched uh, a gentleman named Chris Bledsoe. Uh, he is known for the Fayetteville incident, and he lives just three hours from me, and we've connected. And after my experience with the white dog, I listened to his experience, and he also had an experience with these four-legged creatures and the same white being that I saw and the blue beings so what uh, I'm surmising at this point is that there is some kind of relationship between these blue beings these small white beings and these small white dogs
0: so did this look like an actual white are you just calling this a white dog or would you have said that that is definitely a dog as we see it dogs was a on white earth
1: dog. Yeah So it was different in that it didn't have any fur, and I didn't see it have any eyes, and it had a, a muzzle, uh, but I didn't see a little nose on it. It had a tail. and uh, its skin was really, really thin. Like uh, I could see through it. and I saw these blue marks through it. I didn't know if there were veins or if there were organs. And that's exactly how my friend saw it that same night. And she was taken into a spaceship. And she saw tubes of little embryos. And she saw the white dogs everywhere. And she saw the blue beings. And she drew a picture. And I have it in the video on my YouTube channel.
0: Any other? And
1: since go- then we've both been in contact with these beings.
0: And that was that initial contact was last month
1: yes march twenty second march twenty second
0: mm-hmm. and you've had another experience since then yes mhm yeah,
1: what do you think the purpose
0: <laughs> of these beings would be? um they sound a little bit different um they actually yeah. they actually cause vandalism, so that makes me wonder they oh. did damaging <laughs> the car. I've never heard that but uh i've you know i i mean why not i mean they're actually leaving marks on your body so or other aliens are um what about alien implants? Do you have Do you have any knowledge of that or do you have any feelings toward that? Is, is that a possibility that that may have happened to you and that's why you have the marks on your body?
1: It's very possible, but I do not know if I have any. I've had marks on my body for a very, very long time, but I would just laugh them off. Uh, it wasn't really until the red X, which was undeniable, that's what caught my attention. And I do believe the red Xs were put on me, so I'll come out and I will start talking and help the transformation that our earth is, uh, is, is in right now, the transformation from not knowing the truth to knowing the truth. And you're part of that transformation, too. In what way? Well, you are telling people that we are not alone, and you're helping people like me, experiencers, come out and tell our stories. And, and then from there, I want to help other experiencers. And the more of us that come out, the more uh, disclo- the disclosure can happen maybe sooner. And uh, uh, I understand why experiences don't come out. I didn't come out for 45 years because I was just wondering if I was insane. And I was also so worried about what other people would think of me. But I have to tell you, ever since I came out, it's been a fantastic experience and nothing but good things have happened.
0: So you feel like uh, you have peace of mind now? Do you feel better that way?
1: Yes. Yes, very much so. Because I I've been doing a lot of introspective work and I, I personally believe that when we are our most authentic selves, that is when we find fulfillment and peace and abundance and ease and so I was doing this personal work to be the most authentic version of myself I could possibly be and it just so happened that on my path of authenticity the ETs came up and I had to come face to face with it and I had to deal deal with it and so now I'm the most authentic version of myself I've ever been because I'm not hiding it and it's like this is me this is, my, this is real, this is part of my reality, and I'm not special. There are millions and millions of us having these experiences. Because these happen, most ET contact happens in a multidimensional, interdimensional fashion. And so the brain has a hard time understanding that. So that the brain will often categorize it as a dream, but it's not a dream. And that's why so many people have these dreams. And they're like, my God, I can't believe that it was a dream. It felt so real. And then they wake up and there's like a mark on their body. And they're like, what is going on? Well, I'm here to tell you, you had an experience. It's interdimensional. It's multidimensional. Your brain can't really understand it. So uh, we are multidimensional beings. We have interdimensional communication with other multidimensional beings. And most E.T contact
0: happens this way. You know, I think people have um, conscious memories. they have unconscious m- memories of uh, these types of events. Do you think that you have some, some memories buried back there that aren't, that aren't memories that aren't so good that, that you don't really want to think about, or don't you don't really want to reach back there and, and look for those memories and try to deal with them?
1: I do you believe that there are memories that I have uh, that I, I am not consciously remembering. Do I think they were bad? I do not believe that the ETs that I'm coming in contact with are bad. I think, like I s- explained before, that was my filter because it was something so foreign to me and I was so used to being abused. I'm like, you know, what the hell? They're going to abuse me, too. Uh, and... So I am not of the school of thought that ETs are evil. They're here to rule the planet. They're here to um, use us and abuse us and hurt us. I, I'm just not part of that thought.
0: Hmm. What about other physical physical issues that you've... Have you experienced any other type of physical problems or issues or, or uh, you know, marks on your body other than just the, uh, just the cross? The uh,
1: Yes, I've had lots of strange marks and, and bruises that are inexplainable. Uh, I also do have a conscious memory of a very, very bright light being shi- shon, uh, shined or shown into my eyes. And, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, I got cataracts at age 49, which is very young. And I really do wonder if these bright lights that were in my eyes had something to do with that. Right.
0: Any other aliens, just the greys, the these most recent ones, any other species that you can remember or recall?
1: No, it would be the galactic being when I was little. It would be the greys, and it would be what I call the blue people or the Arcturians and the various versions of them, from the white dog to the white being to the see-through entity to the blue being.
0: You mentioned earlier, right, when we first started, something about uh, you talked about rather a a multidimensional way. What do you mean by multidimensional? What's -hmm. your definition of that?
1: That we're beyond 3D and that uh, there's information floating around us and we can pick it up and it goes beyond 3D, it, it, we could call it illogical, uh, and that uh, we exude energy, and we can't see the energy that we exude, but science has proven that we exude energy. And so the, we can't see it, but it's there, just like we can't see gamma rays and x-rays. And so there are all kinds of entities that are around us, but we can't see them because these eyes cannot perceive that high frequency. Now, with practice, some of us can see auras, Some of us can see goats and other beings and other things uh, with practice. Uh, It all has to do with frequency and uh, how our uh, 3D human body is created to uh, perceive a a certain range of frequency. Anything above that, it's very hard for us to perceive in uh, in the, uh, the five senses that we know of. But we have more senses than that. So we have the intuition. You can hear things. You can see things in your third eye. These are all valid senses. And so that's what I mean by multidimensional.
0: Do we want to be in contact with aliens? Should we yes, be?
1: Because, yes, because we are part of a huge intergalactic neighborhood. And... Uh, you know, we watch these science fiction movies where people hop in a flying saucer and they go to another planet and have a vacation and then come home. I mean, we could be doing that too. And so we can have very safe and we can have very uh, mutually respective uh, uh, communication and experiences with these ETs and we can learn so much from them uh, that would benefit our lives.
0: Now, I don't want to think of of humans as self-serving, even though we are, but... When we deal with aliens, it just seems to me that they're dealing with us, that they they have a purpose in mind, and they're using us for something. Is that species self-serving? Are they they taking advantage of humans? Uh,
1: From my experience, uh, the ETs that I've come in contact with want nothing but to help us, and want to be part of this uh, transformation into a gentler, kinder world. Because what happens on Earth affects uh, what happens in the rest of the cosmos. So just like we uh, radiate an energy, Earth radiates an energy. And so what we're doing on Earth radiates out throughout the neighborhood and the other uh, dimensions and the other planets and the other beings can feel it too so there is a stake in what we do to this planet how we treat ourselves and the energy that we exude so if you you can look at it as as uh, maybe selfish on their part, that they want to make sure that we're happy and we're exuding a good energy and that we're not uh, going to kill this planet off because then th- that will affect them. But that's not a nar- for coming from any narcissistic or egocentric uh, point of view.
0: Do any future experiences make you anxious? Is that something you worry about?
1: No. Why? No, I look forward to them because I learn so much. It's really expanded my viewpoint as to who I am and who we are. And it raises so much questions as to, uh, well, where did we come from? And how did we originate? And uh, at what point were we cut off from the rest of the galaxy? Because I do believe at some point we were communicating with other ETs. But at some point something cut us off. What is that? Why?
0: You know, on on Earth, we can't seem to get along with each other, so I can't even imagine Mm -hmm. beings that have come light years or traveled through time or or other ways to get here could actually interact with us and build a life with us. Do you feel that in any way are they a threat to humans?
1: I agree with you that if... uh some ships landed and beings came out of them, I really think there'd be a lot of death. Uh, I agree with you. We, we don't love each other. We're not kind to each other. We don't respect each other. There's no way we're going to extend that to another, uh, another life form that comes. So that's why there hasn't been a complete disclosure. It is not really until uh, they feel secure that we're not going to kill them off, uh, that they're not going to make themselves known in a very blatant way. So we have a lot of work to do. So people are like, why aren't they landing? Why aren't they landing? Well, that's why. There's going to be a lot of death and destruction. So let's do the personal work. It starts with each individual to do the introspective work necessary to become as happy as possible, to become as fulfilled as possible, to be as authentic as possible. And then when we do that individual work and then collectively, we can do that work and then we can figure out the lies that we've been believing and then move towards the truth. And that's going to be very transformational. And then the other ETs, are going to be more apt to communicate with us. It'll be a much safer environment.
0: So if we cohabitate with extraterrestrials, and are we going to encourage other species to join this cohabitation? And are, are other species going to show up? Because we know they're out there. Are they going to show up, and maybe they're not going to get along with our alien guests?
1: I don't know. I don't know, because... I hear that uh, that there's only certain types of ETs that can communicate with us. That there's that uh, ETs that uh, are maybe uh, um, might want to use us or might uh, have ulterior motives that aren't all that positive. Uh, I, I, I hear that they're being told that they're not allowed here, they're not allowed in. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I, I, there, there's so much I don't know. I can only tell you what I've personally experienced. Uh, I have no idea what that future looks like when we finally open the doors and, and start communicating with the other beings.
0: Your book, let's talk about that. Who are you targeting in your book? Who do you want to read your book? I know everybody, but who who did you have in mind when you wrote the book? Uh,
1: people who are wondering if they're having experiences. Uh, people who know they're having experiences. People who are kind of on the fence. I don't know. I kind of believe in ETs. I kind of don't believe in ETs. All of those people. But the people who absolutely deny it and say it's absolutely not true, I completely respect that. And, then, and the book's not for them.
0: Are you trying to convince people that there are extraterrestrials out there, or is it more of a how-to-deal-with-it type book?
1: I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I respect everyone's viewpoint. Uh, I, I'm just, uh, I just want to help the people who are having experiences, and I want to help the people who are on the fence. Uh, uh, who want to believe, but they're not quite sure. Uh, and I just wanted to tell my story of, of my struggle, of how I denied it and how I thought I was crazy, and then I had the two X's put on me, and how that, that was like an epiphany, and how I realized that most ET contact is happening in a multidimensional way, and it doesn't have to be scary. And there's a reason it's happening. It's to help you. It's to provide you this higher perspective viewpoint which is so valuable when you're trying to maneuver through all the crap that we have to maneuver through on this 3D level.
0: You had gone through regression therapy and somebody asked me, actually on this podcast, I think I've been asked three times if I would ever consider going through regression therapy and my answer to that always is no way. Um, You know, I do have negative memories. I have neutral memories and uh, I have... A couple of them out there that I I just don't really even want to deal with. I may not ever deal with that. Do you suggest regression therapy for everybody? Do you think that that's a good thing to try to remember, even though this is such an unusual circumstance and it could be so traumatic?
1: No, I don't suggest it for everybody. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Uh, It's only if you want to do it. Uh, maybe you're, you you just don't want to go there and you have every right not wanting to go there uh, so no, uh, it's only for people who want to know and not everybody wants to know
0: so what's coming up next for you? what do you got going on and, and uh, doesn't even have to be about aliens but um, mm-hmm. what's your life going to look like? are you going to write another book?
1: going to write another book i think i know what it's going to be about i I don't know yet i'm doing a lot of interviews and i love doing these interviews uh i also like to speak uh and and lecture and talk about this uh i really enjoyed alien con in baltimore i'd like to do more of that uh and i also do uh i call myself a sole purpose coach i do intuitive readings Uh, I help people discover what their purpose is, uh, how they can achieve it, what their best career paths are, how they can achieve them. Uh, I help them discover what some mind blocks are that they might be aware of or not aware of uh, that just prevent them from achieving success. And I talk a lot. Uh, through workshops and in my writings and also in my readings about the energy that you exude and how the energy that you exude creates your reality. A lot of people know about the law of attraction. I call it the law of alignment because quantum physics says the energy of everything is everywhere. So I don't think you have to attract anything. I think the energy of what you want is just sitting right in front of your face. All you have to do is tweak your personal energetic matrix to align with the energy of what you want, and it shows up in your reality. So that is what I help people with, tweaking their energy, first figuring out what it is they want, figuring out their purpose, helping them make their dreams come true, helping them be fulfilled, helping them find peace, and then uh, teaching them how they can tweak their energy to align with what they want, letting them know that they are in control of creating their life to their standards.
0: So when you're networking with other people at uh, like AlienCon or some other convention, um, what's that like when you talk with other experiencers face to face? How does that feel and and what has that done for you?
1: Oh, that was an eye-opening experience at AlienCon when uh, I talked and I also was there with my book. So I would sit at my vendor table and people would come up and start telling me their ET stories. And often they would say, I have never told anyone this, but, and then they would tell me, and that would be like music to my ears because I know what it feels like to finally get it out, and it, it transforms you. And it was that there at AlienCon that I'm like, aha, this is what I want to do. I want to make people feel safe, uh, that they can come and they can just get it off their chest. Uh, There are many people who have told me their stories through my encounters forum and many of them have said, oh my gosh, it feels so good to finally just say this to you and to interact with you and and I can ask you questions and you can give me ideas of why you think it happened and what you think it meant and, and what am I to do with this and it's just a huge sense of relief and that just makes my heart twinkle.
0: So I think if, in my opinion, that this seems to be some sort of gradual covert invasion on kind of a limited basis, um, and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure why they just didn't show up and make themselves known, but, you know, do they want us to talk about them? Do they want us to research them? Do they want to be known about?
1: Yes, absolutely, because the more... Uh, there are shows like yours, the more experiences come out, the quicker the disclosure.
0: Do we want to click quick disclosure? I mean, it's can we handle that?
1: Well, that's the thing. Uh, we, we have to do this work, this personal work, to become more loving, more kind, and more respectful. Because we treat each other like crap. Not only to humans, but we treat animals like crap. We treat, we treat the earth like crap. We just, humans just treat everything like crap. And so we have to recognize that and stop it before we can then have uh, a mutually respective relationship with another advanced civilization.
0: Do they know so much about us because they are part of us or we are part of them?
1: Very possible. Genetically? It is very, very Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I do believe that almost all of us have uh, uh, ET DNA, Uh, DNA from uh, other civilizations on other planets. I I really do believe that.
0: Couldn't you see, though, in a future where aliens existed amongst us that uh, if they were um, compatible with us somehow or related to us with DNA that People with alien DNA might be, be, I mean, there could be groups that would seek us out if we were part alien. Human groups seeking us out.
1: Can you ask me that again?
0: <laughs> I don't want to call it a roundup, but I mean, you know, I mean, having <laughs> DNA from an alien could, could be a negative thing for some people. And... and um, there are humans, humans out there that, that may look for part alien or alien hybrid people and, and round them up and segregate oh. them.
1: Oh, uh, maybe. I have to tell you, you know all these DNA or uh, these genetic tests that a lot of people are taking? Yeah. I really wonder, like, what is all that about? Like, what's that? Why? Uh, Who is holding on to all that information? Uh, And uh, is that also, are they also testing for some other uh, DNA or some other energy within us that they're not telling us? Uh, Is there some group or some organization that's holding on to this material for the very reason that you said?
0: Now, I, I don't at all want to be a conspiracy theorist or, or you know,
1: mm-hmm. th-
0: throw doom and gloom out there, but I just know how humans work, and our history hasn't been all that great.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's possible. It is possible. But my personal belief, this is just my personal belief, I, that I believe there are more humans with uh, intergalactic DNA with humans that don't have intergalactic DNA.
0: And there's also a lot of good people out there, so... I'm, hope, oh, yeah. I'm hoping that human nature will play this out and it'll be for the benefit of the universe somehow in the future.
1: Yes, uh, me too. And you know there's different realities. You know, they say qu- uh, quantum physics says there's all kinds of different possibilities and realities. So there very well could be a reality where this is all a catastrophe. And there could very well be a reality where this all just works out very beautifully.
0: Sev Tuck has been my guest tonight. Her book is called You Have the Right to Talk to Aliens. Sev, thank you. Let's talk again. It was my pleasure. I'd love to. My Alien Life Podcast. You can find my website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and please subscribe to my latest downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at Podbeam.com. and please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records.